back, folks. It's the Cock and Bull Podcast. I am Spencer Faust. That is Nathan Faust. Hi! This is a comedy history podcast. September 29th, 1902. Turn of the century, Tianjin, China. Ooh! Okay, now we're in Nathan's town. Now we're in we're, we're in Nathan land. I yes. like this. Yes, we are. Sun Yaoting was born under the reign of Emperor Zaitan. Now, Spencer, we've established that English, English you do okay with. Um, no, that's that's actually uh, patently false. But romance languages whoo, gets a little hairy. Northern European, you destroy, and yet somehow on our triumphant return, you have decided, you know what, Chinese, let's go. <laughs> let's throw another one in the pot. Mandarin, that's what I needed. I needed an extra hurdle. You are going to rip both of your Achilles tendons. You know I did well on the Japanese episode. You know uh, I did well on that. You destroyed Japanese. Mandarin, bear of another beast. <laughs> I, I did spend three hours last night on a K-pop vision journey, so theoretically I might be able to like kind of like by osmosis lend you some help, but not much. <laughs> So we've both spent some time in the East is what you're saying. And most okay. of my knowledge now is synchronized girl group power choreography. That's not going to help on this one. I hate to spoil that element, but Okay, all right. I thought this was I thought this was a twice's origin story, but fine. No, it's okay. All right, keep going with your whatever your Mulan shit or whatever it is you're doing. Tianjin is about 130 kilometers from Beijing. You used kilometers. Spencer, that could be at that that is a literal unknowable distance. Don't worry, don't worry, I'm on it. Cue the NCIS theme song as I'm <laughs> hacking <laughs> 80 miles. Hacking intense miles. Thank you! It was that was it miles. that hard? Was it so hard? So again, I will say, Tianjin is about 80 miles from Beijing, uh, the home of the Forbidden City, a feudal capital that one could only enter or exit with the Emperor's permission. There were some, however, who lived there full time. First up, the Emperor. Obviously, I mean that guy makes the rules. Come makes on. sense. It's also his, it's his city. I mean, it's if he if he can't be there, who can? He's number one. Number two, probably some rats. I mean, they live under the floorboards. They're not easy to evict. Safe to assume. Seems seems like there. a pretty safe bet that they are there. Yes, they're in there more than you and I. Third, though, let's get serious. Third was the emperor's harem and his female relatives. No, no male relatives. Actually, no. It, who gets to live in the palace, emperor? The ones I fuck, and then like the aunts and cousins. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's real weird. We've got we've got aunt, and then we've got uh um. What about the guards, my lord? What about the guards? <laughs> Who's who? I don't need guarding from from. Oh man, I really I had another moment to try and get. I can't think of a Chinese name. Um, I'm going back to Mulan. I know that's bad, and I know that's not good, but I- You know there's, like, at least five other characters in that movie, right? <laughs> uh-huh, and can you name any of them other than the cricket and the dragon? Go. Shao Kahn. That is a character from Mortal Kombat, and you know it! <laughs> you know that is a character from Mortal Kombat, <laughs> not a character in Disney's classic Mulan. You could you could have gone with, like, I think it's, isn't it, like, Attila the Hunt or Genghis Khan coming for them? It's, I swear to God, his name is Shao Kahn, and even then, he's not Chinese. He'd be, like, it's, Mongolian. It's not Shao Kahn! Shao Kahn is the fucking villain from Mortal Kombat! You can't prove that, and you I better not Google it. it! Can't believe Mortal Kombat ripped off Mulan. I can't, I can't handle you right now. 
Shao Kahn. There's a fourth group, though. There's a fourth group, Nathan. So we've got the emperor, rats, whores, female relatives, and yeah. and Mortal Kombat villains. There's a fourth group. A particularly, um, I don't know how much you've studied on feudal China, uh, but they've got one particularly gross relic that lived on to the 1900s. The eunuchs. In my defense, I think I did yell the word eunuch uh, apropos of nothing earlier. So apparently I knew <laughs> quite a bit about um, feudal China. So now's a good question. What do you know about eunuchs in feudal China? I know they don't got no genitalia. All right. Well, Nathan Nathan at least has remedial knowledge on eunuchs I everywhere, mean, not just China. I mean, that just seems like a universal truth of eunuchs. That's, that's like I just asked you, what do you know about felines? And you said, well, they're cats. I mean, what other thing? do I need to know? There are people that don't have genitalia so that they could be around the, the harem and the female relatives and you didn't have to worry about them accidentally, you know, boning down on your female relatives or harem. Okay, you're getting it mostly right thus far. I know, that they, uh, I know that they occasionally hung out with the little person on Game of Thrones and I don't know had birds talking to them. I don't fucking watch bad television. I don't know. Eunuchs were the only men that basically had constant permission to live in the Forbidden City. Even the emperor's uncles, his brothers, his nephews, the male relatives had to leave the city at night. And I think the dude was just really insecure about his harem. Like if it's past sundown and Uncle Iroh's nearby, they're gonna eat him alive, dude. Keep my uncle out of here. Fucking serious. And which emperor was was reigning at this time? Zaitan. Also sounds like a possible Mortal Kombat villain, but I can't prove that one, so I'm gonna <laughs> let it slide. I really wasn't joking when I said even the guards left for the night. Like it it seems So what if there was a time the guards should be there, wouldn't it be at night? You'd think, but there's a slight chance that dicks end up in harems. So no, <laughs> no, no fucking dice. This is a very insecure emperor, and I'm I'm very I, I want to know why, but let's keep going. Now, of course I should walk it back a bit to clarify that when I said they had the permission to live there, that's obviously not the right wording. I, they weren't like esteemed guests, they were slaves. Well, yeah, you don't cut off a person's genitalia that is just like a... That that, that comes with a very specific set of uh, requirements and, and substructures. And one of them is you don't make your own decisions at that point. I mean, their emasculation rendered them non-persons in the Chinese people's eyes. There was no worries that they would bang your harem. There's nothing for them to aspire to like an ordinary man, in quotes. Uh, no wife, no kids, no legacy. So I, I do love how that is all you can aspire to. Everything you aspire to involves your dick. If you ain't uh -huh. got one, no, aspi no aspiring done for you. Man, what if they just wanted to be, what if they wanted to like set the new like, like, I don't know, world record on Super Mario World or something like that. Like, man, you can have aspirations <laughs> that don't involve fucking. I, these guys are the, are these guys the first incels? Because these they're absolutely celibate involuntarily. <laughs> these are, in, this is a bunch of fucking incels is what this is. They saw them as the most incorruptible slaves. They were slaves with a unique reputation. They, they were both hated and revered for their, um... Aesthetic choices, let's say. What, what, what aesthetic choice? What because they could wear super tight skinny jeans and there was no like weird bulges or whatnot? What are you talking about? Their design choices for the you know for, for like their you know between the legs. Um, what did they like style it? Did they do like a feng shui thing down? There? What are you talking about? You remove what doesn't spark joy and may maybe maybe that's your dick and balls. I don't know, but uh, I mean, we Marie Kondo we Marie Kondo an entire group of people's genitalia. What's next? And. 
I think, the, by the way you've been speaking, um, this might come as a shock to you, but it was actually a choice for most. So you have you have told me that they're slaves, and now you're telling me that they were slaves who made the choice to cut off their dick and balls, and uh, that does absolutely sound like something that the emperor wrote down to feel better about himself. <laughs> kind of like we wrote down that the slaves were all super into it, and it was totally cool. Signed, Thomas Jefferson. And it was a choice. Like I've said, it was a choice for most like Sun Yao Ting in this case. Sun was fascinated with a eunuch who had retired to his village, uh, a eunuch who had been crafty enough to become very, very rich. Uh, in a more modern, less dick-choppy metaphor, Sun is looking at these guys riding the Bitcoin surge, Nathan, and he's about to buy some graphics cards. <laughs> guys, I can't say it's not an analogy. Um, I think I think statistically it does meet all the criteria. Uh, the Russian judge is shaking his head vigorously, but we're gonna we're gonna count that one, guys. We're gonna count it. Sun was not only fascinated by this man, he was actively persuaded by the eunuch to make the same decision that he had made. That absolutely seems like a, I've made a horrible choice, you, and I'm bringing somebody you, else with me. You too could be like me. <laughs> Oh, is that After how all, he talks? Is that how he, how he talks? talks? No, no, no. It'd be much more high-pitched, and we'll yeah, get to that later. Yeah, I was about later. to say. I think statistically, <laughs> that's, that's unpractical. After all, once you're in the Forbidden Palace, once you're tending to the Emperor's every whim and, and teaching him all he will ever know, they were his teachers, you're basically one to two schmoozings away from retiring with a huge fortune. You're also one to two schmoozings away from having the rest of your body parts chopped off, so it is a bit of an all-or-nothing gamble. <laughs> a big fortune, that is, of course. They made the most of their mutilation. Uh, by having the privilege to live in the royal court, hear all the secrets, know the right strings to pull, you're just becoming the webbing between every elite in Imperial China. So what you're saying is is Game of Thrones was a documentary, not a uh, not not so much a, a act work of fiction. That's a fact. That was just a That's documentary a of of turn of the century China. Candid camera, actually. Uh, so not to discredit all of them as conniving villains, I should say, eunuchs were some of China's greatest inventors and explorers. Uh, it, it takes honestly a crafting mind, a very cunning mind, an ambitious person to undertake this because there's a big payoff if you do it right. I mean, a eunuch invented paper. For example, um, eunuchs were among some of the best explorers in the Eastern Hemisphere. And of course, some were forced into the life of a eunuch without a choice at all. That also obviously merits saying. So deciding that he was prepared to make this decision, Sun Yao Ting came to his father and asked to be made a eunuch. And his father, like any good parent, said, Hell no! You are eight years old. <laughs> oh my god! No! Stop it! No! No, and son, no, 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 no. Son was undeterred, said, I'm also about to be a loaded eight-year-old. Yeah, no, at this age, I was making serious decisions about my Pokemon rotation, not about um, whether or not I should continue having genitalia. And honestly, thou, oh, man, I don't want to get a hairy situation to decide when or when someone's comfortable making that decision, but that feels like a pretty permanent solution that you're taking there, son, especially if you're making it on the basis of, and I'd like that cheddar, please. <laughs> I am exaggerating. Obviously, that dialogue's exaggerated um, because his dad was actually into it when he pitched it. Well, fine. Yeah. Cool. Man. Okay. Yay. Oh, this is, man. I remember why we, I remember why we don't do these anymore. Wow. This is fun. This is good for my mental health. Yeah. Son's whole family was into it, actually, because their son was volunteering himself for the painstaking path to become a eunuch. And a eunuch 
was exactly the kind of person that could help destroy the village landlord who had bullied the family for years by stealing their crops and burning their house once. I'm back on the team. Here we go. All right. Son is, son's so, taking one for the team. He's going to go fuck up the landlords. Son the son, our son's son is going to uh, going to have his, his pork and beans chopped off. And mm -hmm. we're going to do that to fuck the landlords in China. I want you to tell me that this guy grew up to be like Chairman Mao's great-great-grandfather. And great that man's name was Chairman Mao. I mean, uh, honest <laughs> to God, let's get it, guys. Come on. So, with everyone eager to make money and earn their vengeance, um, an eight-year-old son was laid down on the moldy straw bed and castrated by his father in a single stroke. I mean, yeah, good. Thanks for the sharp knife, Dad. Appreciate it. I mean, whoa. The only thing they had for anesthesia was chili peppers. Now. And I don't mean no. under the bridge. No. I, I don't, no, I don't I, mean Danny I, California. I, I, didn't, I didn't think this was a veiled reference to maybe doing some heroin under the bridge with your cool California friends. Um, hey, son, I, I know we said we were going to do this today, and I was like, man, I know I'm forgetting something. Anyway, long story uh, short, got my knife. We don't have any opium. Uh, I, I was about to ask, wasn't this an area that was widely known for a, a, a serious opium issue for a while? You're telling me we had son, none son. of that laying around? Son, son, no, I know you're concerned. I get it. I did go to Steak and Shake, though, and we're going to throw a couple squirts of this on. Now, <laughs> Don't other, worry. This is also the second time on this show we've talked about cutting someone's dick and balls off and i'm mm -hmm. i'm on i'm just unhappy that it's a, a recurring trend hey one in 67 episodes all right <laughs> twice in 67 twice! episodes no two times that's a fairly low genital mutilation rate i mean in like certain percentages but it's still much higher <laughs> than i would prefer have ever gotten into the only bandage he had after the operation was an oil-soaked piece of paper. That's, the, that's not a bandage. You can call that whatever uh, you want. That's a I, If I put a piece of notebook paper <laughs> on a gaping wound, I didn't put a Band-Aid on it. I, I added another vector for infection. That's about it. What is a Band-Aid but an oil-soaked piece of paper? <laughs> it is a sterile instrument to keep things from getting infected, Spencer. That's what it paper is. Paper was invented by the eunuch. It's by eunuchs for eunuchs. This it's all is, insane. This is, I, I, all right, yeah, it's the, it's the fubu of, of genital mutilation coverage. The removed articles, as it were, um, were placed in a tube of brine, which, as a eunuch, Sun Yao Ting would wear around his neck for the rest of his life. You, To prove nope. to all, to prove to everybody, Nathan, that nope. he was indeed a eunuch. No, okay. So there are um, a couple different ways of doing that. One of them would be to just whip your uh, whip your robe off, whip uh, part the kimono, if you will, and go, well, look, crass. I'm smooth like a Ken doll. Oh, you that's said close. that's crass? That's crass. Yeah. So instead, yeah. let's hang my pickled dick and balls around my neck because that's much more couth. That's much more <laughs> civil. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Detour from the genital mutilation. To dip back to the emperor, Sun was born under Zaitan's reign, but this was in the death throes of Zaitan's rule. Uh, Zaitan had been placed under house arrest after a coup against his latest policy, the Hundred Days Reform, a bold move to help catch China up with the rest of the world. Uh, Zaitan died just six years after Sun's birth. At the time of his castration, Sun was under the second year of Emperor Puyi's reign. Puyi was a boy emperor, to put it briefly, but we'll get into that scamp's life really soon. Anyway, back to the new eunuch. Sun Yao Ting 
was crippled by the procedure for months. Well, I kind of would imagine, like, if you, like, I know, I think I've heard, like, if you, like, break a limb or something like that when you're young, it, like, can stunt your growth or cause some things. So I yeah, can imagine, yeah, yeah. I can imagine chopping off the area where I'm pretty sure uh, a, a series of hormonal uh, uh, balances get kicked off. Probably gonna fuck with some shit a little bit. I'm not a doctor a or anything like that. We could call Brittany in on this one, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's a doctor-recommended uh, uh, procedure. He did not go to dinner and walk around town like Boston Corbett, um, who had the benefit of being a grown man. Grown and ass complete, man! And being completely insane. Um, that also does help. That also did help. I think he was also boozed up, wasn't he? Uh, I don't think so. Wasn't no, he yeah, yeah. very he was anti-alcohol? Going, he was going to church a lot. Yeah, you're right. Probably yeah. not. Probably not. He was not. a changed but man that's by this it. point. No, no, no. He had the power of God on his side. He had the power of that's the Lord. It. Whereas <laughs> Son it. just has the power of chase that paper and I want to kill my landlord. <laughs> and one of those I know is an overwhelmingly powerful drive. And the other one's bullshit. So uh, let's kill some landlords. Just dying on that bed. Must make money. <laughs> No, 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 I'm going with rage fueled him. I'm going with, I really hate this landlord and I would like to kill him, please. <laughs> what hurt worse than the physical pain, though, uh, was the news in 1911 when a massive rebellion overthrew the empire, making a six-year-old Puyi the last emperor of China. Oh! Oh, well, that's interesting. The Wu Chang Uprising in just two short months in 1911. What now? The Wu Chang Uprising. Okay, the the cha there is very important because I oh, thought you, you thought said, I said the Wu Tang. I thought Ghostface Killer was about to rise up and take <laughs> over China. The Wu Tang Uprising was many decades later. Okay, good. This rebellion ended five millennia of imperial rule. Was this the Boxer Rebellion? No, it was the Wu Chang Rebellion. Boxer, I think we are actually past Boxer by this point. That makes sense. Um, I don't fucking know Chinese history. Its origins lie in China's defeat in the First Sino-Japanese War, which fractured the country's ideology. Um, from there, it took a series of dumb mistakes involving some railways and trying to nationalize them and taking some foreign loans uh, hey to lead the people to a Boxer Rebellion Part 2. Oh, Electric Boogaloo! Also, uh, it is the uh, firm opinion of the cockable that nationalizing railroads is a good thing. I, all I know is it led to revolutions. Well, uh, lots of things lead to revolution. It was also an imperial decision, as far as I understand. Ah, sometimes you gotta make strong, strong, you know, strong hand on the tiller sometimes. And perhaps it wasn't the, inter, like, you know, nationalizing part, but it, it might have just been the fact that they were trying to finance it with foreign loans they couldn't pay back. I mean, that's always anyway. a, uh, uh, not, not a, not a specially good idea, no. The West loves to. No, not to. really. West loves to cripple them some people with, with usury. <laughs> Uh, this is more broadly known as the Chinese Revolution of 1911 or the Xinhai Revolution. Okay. So, long story short, looks like the whole eunuch thing isn't panning out. <laughs> no! Now you just have no dick and balls and it's not the cool thing to do anymore, which is probably, again, why you don't make these life-altering decisions when you're eight years old. That's why they don't let eight-year-olds get tattoos anywhere outside of Alabama. This was, he wakes up from basically his dick and balls pain coma to be told, yeah, so eunuch's not happening. Sorry, dude. No, eunuch is most definitely happening. Um, It's just no longer, you're no. It's not profitable. Yeah, yeah. It's no longer this, uh, the, the this, this is particular a failed grift. investment. Again, this is, you got, you, you invested your entire life savings into a sweet PUBG rig like two weeks before Fortnite came out and you just never adapted. <laughs> Sun was too weak to work in the fields, however. Uh, turns out he had some kind of Samson situation. Never heard eunuch and then thought manual laborer. They seem they seem like a more uh, uh, academic group. 
Quote, Our boy has suffered for nothing, he remembers his father weeping. They don't need eunuchs anymore. To be fair, I don't think they ever needed eunuchs. I think that was, uh, again, I think we have a problem problem at hand here, but let's keep going. <laughs> no, 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 no. Eunuchs were needed to bully the landlord. But, yes, yeah, I don't understand how the bu- landlord bullying was going to happen, and now it can't. I guess, was he going to get in with the emperor and then, like, sit yeah. the emperor on the landlord? Mm-hmm. Like, that was well, the strategy? Nathan, like, were you going to get a bigger the- bully to pick on your bully? The the guards and uncles had to leave at night, and you know where they went was to, was to beat up whoever the eunuchs told them to. Okay, no, all right, this makes sense. I can work with that. Uh, but hope was not lost entirely. It should have been. See, Puyi wasn't killed, only deposed. In fact, he'd been allowed to continue playing emperor, as it were. The shreds and tatters of imperial power were retained in the Forbidden Palace, and at age 14, six years after being made a eunuch, He'd managed to secure a connection in Beijing. Sun was gonna be an imperial eunuch. Small scale, but still, still getting what he wanted. He began working for one of the emperor's uncles, and later with the emperor's own wife. We, oh, okay. All right, I'm yeah. here for it. Now, dialing back from the wife thing, let's let's dial it back a bit. The eunuchs were slaves who did all the work in the Forbidden City, such as cooking, gardening, cleaning, entertaining guests and the bureaucratic work needed to govern a vast empire. They also served as the emperor's advisors. They would speak in high-pitched voices, uh, not only because of undescended testes, but to make it really apparent that they are not your average slave roaming about. They're eccentric. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, they're the Elon Musks of, uh, of slaves. <laughs> he took to the life fairly well, actually, and those who knew him as a young eunuch described him as remarkably smart. A shame, they would say, that his potential was wasted on the last emperor. I think this is a good moment to insert some info on our boy king, as it were. Um, By the time Sun arrives as a 14-year-old eunuch, the emperor is like 11, maybe 12. Okay. The years following his abdication were his most formative ones, and this volatile charade of an empire he's living in doesn't exactly, like, shape a healthy kid. No, no, I wouldn't imagine... No, it's yeah. It's, he's not. He's not going to be as if being raised a boy king already wasn't bad enough. Uh, this a tumultuous boy kingdom. Uh, yeah, no. A healthy no. kid does not make. No. First, he's getting mentored and basically raised by a Scotsman named Sir Reginald Johnston, who had kind of been appointed by Ooh, the Chinese Republic at this time. That's a thing. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Um, when Puyi first met him, he had never met. A foreign man. Never, never met anybody outside of China. The eunuchs had led him to believe that the mustaches of white men were so rigid, a lantern could be hung from either end. (laughs) And this is the exact shit I would pull if I was a eunuch. Like, this is the most joy I get out of my life. I mean, it really does feel like the only thing you could do. Yeah, it would be... There's just like a... There's a click of them snickering in the background. So, listen. Times have changed. Back then mustache wax might have been made of ground-up orphans and maybe was that strong. I really don't know. The president of the Chinese Republic at the time believed that the monarchy would eventually be restored, mostly because it wasn't a progressive revolution at all and more just a slow-going coup. Yeah. Zhu Shisheng just wanted to line himself up to be the emperor. Anyway, with this in mind, it was Shisheng that had Johnson come in to raise Puyi with the hopes of educating him to be a more modern and world-savvy emperor when the empire was restored. 
Okay, I I have to ask, um, and this may again we may cut this particular part of it. Was this the emperor that looked like just a giant nerd, like in like the nineteen twenties? Mm-hmm. Good guys, I need you at some point because I can't because it will give things away. But just while you're <laughs> doing this, Google a picture of this little nerd because oh man, oh you you wanted to swirl. I can absolutely understand convincing him that the mustache has held everything because he looks just like a tender a tender soul in need of a swirly. <laughs> this boy was just begging to be pranked relentlessly, relentlessly. Just- Johnston uh, taught him English, political science, and constitutional history. What he didn't teach him, Nathan, was how to fuck. Well, no. No, that's where our, that's, I'm sure where our eunuchs come in. And that's a serious issue because it was just absolutely taboo in this culture to instruct the emperor how to fuck. You just, you can't assume to tell him how the birds and the bees work. He knows it. He's the emperor. Divine right. Divine dick game. <laughs> and Puyi was forced to marry before long, not knowing how to fuck. Sun actually took notice of the fact that the emperor seemed much more interested in one of his eunuchs than the wife he selected. Oh! Oh, okay. All right. Now, yeah, this is okay. We can get down here. All right. Yeah, he's just no... All right. So he's... So maybe maybe the image I'm looking up was just he, he, he wasn't in need of a swirly. He was just in need to really get in touch with his feelings and, and, and get, out, get out there and live his best life. This particular eunuch was described as, quote, looking like a pretty girl with his tall, slim figure, handsome face, and creamy white skin. Well, now we're getting into that uh, weird Newport episode of, of the dollop where... <laughs> now, if, if, if this is your first episode, and it always is for somebody, understand that discomforting descriptions of uh, castrated slaves is not our bread and butter. <laughs> no, like that- no! Not our bread and butter, but it's our weird sorghum molasses that you bust out on special if, occasions. If if you're looking for more of that, do not subscribe. You can you can check out. This is going to be the last one. It's not a theme for this month, the way arsenic showed up in the last, like, five episodes. <laughs> oh, please, God, no. Now, Puyi's got some uh, repressed ambivalence about his sexuality, as we can probably infer. Uh, but then again... This may be yet another victim of historians calling people gay based on little to no evidence. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, no, that does sound like something historians would do. Puyi had a handful of other interesting tales over the years, like how he insisted his concubine call him Henry after Johnston allowed him to pick a Western name for himself. I mean, it's a strong Western name. I have no critiques of it. Move on. <laughs> Puyi was known for speaking what Johnston called, quote, Chenglish. Oh, a, a a weird hybrid language oh. the emperor used to sound more Western. Oh, you're talking about English, and it's fucking racist, no matter how you fucking say it. Ew, yeah, well, ew, uh, ew, ew, a, ew, ew, ew. A culture he was quickly he was in love with the Western culture. When Johnson came over and started teaching him all these things, letting him look at magazines and all that, he was infatuated with it immediately. Um, on one occasion. He left a letter. This is like a 16-year-old Puyi. He left a letter stating that he was running away to become an Oxford student and that he would renounce his title as emperor to do so. I mean, it's a meaningless title. You've been deposed, motherfucker. (laughs) What do you mean? I'm going to renounce my claim to dessert. You weren't getting any dessert. I've renounced it. He was was caught by the guards before he even left the city. He was going to to bike out of the city and got cold feet when he realized... 
I don't know where I'm going outside yeah. of the palace. He have no idea. Also, all you had to do is wait till nighttime. They all leave, dude. <laughs> Just wait till dark. They go home to bully the landlords. <laughs> um, it's only natural, by the way, to doubt yourself when you're when you're gonna you're gonna run away from home to run across the continent and get your bachelor's. Uh, I was about to say, I'm gonna take the silk. Ro- oh fuck! I've never been outside of these uh, four thousand square feet. Oh god. <laughs> All right, well, this this could be a challenge. Where's the dickless ones to tell me where I'm going? Just imagine him putting sun tea in a fucking basket like E.T. and just, away! <laughs> I want to know what that note looked like, too. I'm leaving my harem to my uncles. <laughs> By the way, over the next I, 21 years. I don't imagine Poo Yi having a harem. Come on, uh, let's be real here. That boy didn't have a harem. That boy, that boy had like four girls, and he was friend zoned by all of them. There was no harem <laughs> situation um, at all. Son would become privy to the court's most intimate secrets over the next twenty-one years. Um, secrets like the emperor was deposed twenty-one years ago, and <laughs> yeah. he, sh- he should have been unemployed by now. <laughs> secrets like there is no emperor. This is all a lie. What are we doing here? I'm living in the Truman Show for a boy emperor. Here are some of the terms signed between the Republic and the Emperor. Number one, the emperor's title of dignity is to be retained by the Republic, and he's to be treated with the courtesy of a foreign monarch. Two, the emperor will receive from the Republic of China an annual subsidy of four million silver tails. I, that's, that could be a dollar. It could be a billion dollars. No one's to know. The emperor may, as a temporary measure, continue to reside in the palace, the Forbidden City, but afterwards, he will remove himself to the Summer Palace. Oh, whoa, it was him. The Summer Palace. And that one, if it didn't seem obvious, was, he can stay as long as I deem necessary. (laughs) Pray I don't alter the deal any further. (laughs) He may retain his bodyguard, though. That's good. He's at least got that. Until nighttime. In which Until they, nightfall. Until nighttime when they go away. Under the, under the light of the moon, he may not be protected by anybody. <laughs> Services of all the various grades hitherto employed in the palace may be retained. This one's important. But in the future, no eunuchs are to be added to the staff. Oh, no more new eunuchs. All right. So cool. So someone had the designation of last of the eunuchs. Like Tom Cruise in that weird samurai movie. Sun Yao-Ting was the last of the eunuchs. Oh! Oh, look at that. All right, cool. That makes sense. Makes this episode have a little more payoff. Anyway, Sun would learn of the many interesting things around the palace, like the opium addiction of the emperor's first wife. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So now we've got opium back again. So there was Uh, no opium, and now there'd be opium? The poor farmer didn't have opium, but the emperor's wife has opium. Spencer? Spencer, I live in rural Missouri. I can go find me some opium. I'm saying feudal China was different. I'm just, I'm just saying, poor people out here, man. They, I, we, I'll make bathtub opium. <laughs> I'll fucking find a way. Uh, there was this, there was the bastard son the emperor had. The nerd emperor had a bastard son, and of course, the emperor's ambivalent sexuality was. Oh, that was the hot goss around the around the so palace. Bastard son, but ambivalent sexuality is a weird combo. It wasn't terribly long before the emperor and his court were ordered out of the Forbidden City, enacting that item of the, all right, time to go. (laughs) To the Summer Palace with you. 1915, they went to the Summer Palace, also in Beijing, so not far. It was also commonplace for eunuchs to steal a number of treasures from from, from the Forbidden Palace to uh, secure their retirement, to make sure they had a little... You know, slush fund uh, to lean on when they retired. So, uh, so their, son, their retirement their retirement plan was petty theft. Yeah, 
All yeah, right. stealing from the from the treasury of the palace. Sun, however, said he left only with happy memories. Oh, he's a good Boy Scout eunuch. Okay, this is good. And his dick and balls around his neck. That also. So, yeah. like, like I mentioned, uh, the president of the republic attempted to name himself emperor as he kicked them out of the palace. Uh, this was in 1915, but was immediately shouted down and backed off the idea when everyone was like, didn't we just get rid of that shit? <laughs> what do yeah. you mean you're the emperor? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to pull a coup of getting rid of an emperor and then name yourself emperor. It's a thin needle to thread. Napoleon was probably the only one that pulled it off. So Sun and Puyi moved to the Summer Palace and things go on business as usual for about 16 years. Damn. In, in 1931, China and Japan had another dick measuring contest uh, about, about who... <laughs> who could be the better imperialist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 Russo Sino Russo War or Sino Japanese Wars were uh, were fun. Japan, as it turns out, won that war. Yes, they did. Uh, Rape of Nanking around this time. No, I wasn't that a little closer to World War II, like 1940s. Uh, not to go take a look, but it's 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 in this zone. I'm pretty sure. You're probably right. The Japanese invasion of Manchuria led to the establishment of Manchukuo, the Manchurian state. Yep. Japan was essentially trying to isolate the northern region of China by centralizing all of northern China's power into this Japan Japanese-aligned puppet state. Manchukuo needed a head of state that the Chinese rap could, you know, rally around. So who else can fill that role, that easily rallied around role, but the deposed Emperor Puyi? <laughs> Get in there, Pooey! They pull him out of retirement. He's back. He's back and better than ever. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm back. Something, something, John Wick, something, something. Sun, of course, followed his beloved emperor, but had to leave behind the city of Beijing, his home of the last 21 years. Sun is 36 by this point. Damn. The civil war that was to come would prove rather tumultuous for Sun and his royal counterparts. Puyi was declared emperor of Manchuria by the Japanese after two years, but this was purely as a figurehead, while the Japanese military held the real authority. And what is good, excuse me, and what good is influence and power as a eunuch when your emperor isn't really emperor? You know, the answer is, who knows, dude hasn't been emperor since he was like six. I'm about to say, he's, he's literally quite never been an emperor the whole time you've been doing this. As if that wasn't enough, the communists arrived. Spencer, now now we're going to have a little bit of contention here yeah. because you said that like it was a bad thing. And I feel like we're getting into the glorious revolution right now. And I feel like you better not be, uh, you better think real hard and fast about whether you want to keep doing these. Mao Zedong. Woo! Da, 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 da. The man that, that slayed landlords, tried to jumpstart China from agrarian to industrial with mixed success. Teenage penis. <laughs> Uh, well, he came, into, he came into power around 1948 as chairman right of the Communist did. Party. Woo! As Chairman Mao kicked imperialism out of China, the Red Guard saw to it that all remnants of imperialism were confiscated, destroyed, or punished accordingly. Damn right. Light them up. Give them the wall, baby. Come on. Greatly because forward. This. Cultural revolution. Let's do this. Some of some were uh, determined to hold on to the culture they grew up in. They they rebelled. They, they kept their heirlooms, while others discarded their dated possessions in an attempt to avoid punishment. 
Well, I, I imagine your dick and balls around your neck is considered an imperial vestige. Maybe we should get rid of that. And so, when Sun Yao Ting was an old, feeble, 50-year-old man. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Old, feeble, 50-year-old. I'm pretty sure, like, Chairman Mao was, like, in his, like, 40s when he took over. Come on now. Yeah, but he was born in a different time. <laughs> he was he uh, was weakened by years of not having dick and balls. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. We've been sapping his vital essence. I, I see. His family found... And threw away the jar containing his severed dick and balls. <laughs> so another win in Chairman Mao's corner. Chairman Mao batting a thousand. By the time Sun knew what had happened, it was too late. He had no hope of getting them back. In feudal China, it was believed that the eunuch's severed manhood must be buried with him when he dies. Otherwise, he could not be reborn with them and would never truly be a man again. Sun dismayed beyond belief, told his family that he would now be born as a cat or a dog. I mean, I mean, there's worse things. I mean, Nathan, shit, I man. hope you're happy. This old uh, man has uh, lost his last cherished possession. Well, no, 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 no. hold on. So explain, uh, okay, so he wants to be reborn with dick and balls. Why'd you, you voluntarily cut off your dick and balls. Why do you want to be well, reborn with dick and balls? Uh, no, well, that was so he could get the grift off in this life, but next life he probably wants to do something different. You know, he wants to do the different. He wants to do a rogue build, you know? Doesn't well, want to do the he bar. is. He's going very rogue. Cats are very roguish. You may raise a good point, but it wasn't enough. He could not be consoled. Ah, that's understandable. He was miserable. But, Unix but, upshot, upshot, listen, mm -hmm. Chairman yep. Mao took over. Pesky landlord situation's about to solve itself, baby. That's a fact. There is one upshot. Unix, by the way were not permitted to be buried with their families, since we're on the subject of burials. Makes they sense. had a resting place in Tianyi's compound in the foothills of West Beijing. This, funny enough, would actually be where Emperor Puyi's ashes were placed during Mao's reign in 1967. Uh, Mao's administration had delegated the royal burial grounds uh, to the graveyard traditionally used only for eunuchs and concubines. So, like, the ultimate spitting on feudalism. It's like, fuck you, I'm gonna bury you where you put all the whores and slaves. <laughs> that's, yes, that, that's, that's why we love Chairman Mao, a messy bitch who loves drama. That's that, we all can get behind it. We <laughs> all can quite, get for it. Listen, if there's one thing all of us from all walks of life can agree... Chairman Mao was a bit of a bad bitch. He I was a saucy man. Fucking love that librarian turned goddamn revolutionary. Fucking shout out to Chairman Mao. Puyi was pardoned after going through some re-education through labor, tending to a prison vegetable garden. Oh, okay, okay. Now hold on. Let's uh -huh. let's let's refocus now. I feel yeah. like this is relevant to the debate. True. He got re-educated by tending to a prison garden. Yeah. Now, Spencer, that doesn't sound like the death sentence that most people seem to think re-education through labor is. Maybe they were actually trying to re-educate people and give them uh, viable skills and, and, and teach them to, to get in touch with the land and things of that nature. Now, hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. Hear Number you. one, they, they looked at him and they were like, he is a nerd. We put him in the mines. He's dead day one. No use. <laughs> we put him in the garden. He'll last the whole time. And, and he'll be doing something. He tended a good garden, I bet. He did tend a good garden, and also, I'm sure they were like, this is this is some good ironic punishment. This is, like, if this is Friday the 13th, this is his ironic death, because he made Unix pick his vegetables, now he's doing it. <laughs> he's gotta know what it was like. Nope, nope, I'm still going with re-education's a good thing, here we go. He died a loyal Chinese citizen. 
His last years as a civilian were spent uh, marrying a fifth wife and working as a gardener at the Beijing Botanical Gardens. Turns out he found his passion. Oh, well, then that's okay, too, then. Then we took an emperor and we made him a, a common man and we taught him a skill and now he's happy and he doesn't have to want to run away to, 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 to you know, wherever, in England, on his bike ride. Counterpoint. He never was an emperor. Counter counterpoint. He was okay. cosplaying as an, he was LARPing as an emperor and uh, <laughs> and and the communists put him on the right and narrow. Counter counter counterpoint. The communists punished cosplaying and that's no good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It checks out. There, there will be no cosplaying under communism. Sun, in the meanwhile, quietly went into hiding, surviving despite his status as a freakish relic of the feudal era. Sun was also deemed a loyal Chinese citizen later in life and allowed to live all the way to the ripe age of 94, dying in 1996. That is the year I was born. Boom, shaka, laka. He got through Mao. Bitch, I think he probably got through like a little bit of dangism for fuck's sake. He did. He definitely did. Hell yeah. Sun's last years were spent opening up about his life as the last eunuch to the last Chinese emperor. He became something of a living history book, and his death coincided with the reopening of the ancient eunuch museum, which had survived the destruction of the Cultural Revolution, even though a lot didn't. Up, 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 up. That sounded rather negative about the Cultural Revolution, and I will call I'm President. I'm just saying. I will call you, President on. G on you right now. Hang on. Now, now, okay. You applauded when they were rounding up relics of the feudal era, and you know, burn them, get rid of them, get rid of that shit, get rid of the old culture. You're but right. You're, they should have burned down the eunuch museum. It was a mistake on their part. Okay, we missed okay, one. Okay. All right. Next time you see a stray, nutless dog roaming about, consider that it's poor Sun Yao Ting, doomed because his family tossed his dick in the trash to avoid pissing off the communists. You've been listening to the Cock and Bull podcast. <laughs> I do not like the concepts that the communists <laughs> were wrong for not being down with eunuchs. I'm just saying, I feel like they're on the right side of history here. Is You're this the, the longest Cock and Bull, cock and bull ever? <laughs> It kind of feels oh, like it. This episode has been a long time coming. I've, I've gotten things back on track. I've got a backlog of these coming up. Blunderphonics is about to hit its hiatus for a hot minute, so I am full steam ahead. Make on no mistake, bull. Spencer's back on amphetamines so we can That's, actually get some shit done. I was being colorful about it. <laughs> yeah! We didn't have to admit the Adderall played a part in it. So, uh, Nate. Nate, they can catch Hi. you on Mark's Madness, is that right? What's that about? Uh, yeah, well, if you didn't get the gist from the last uh, half hour of this one, I like communists. I thought you were a democratic socialist. I'm confused. I'll stab you in the throat next time I see you. No, yeah, no, we do, uh, we won't talk, y'all, y'all know about Mark's Madness. Uh, new, I, uh, recently, if you're, if you're, if you want to hear me talk more, um, but you don't want to listen to 27 consecutive hours of me talking just about one book, <laughs> I did do, uh, an episode of a podcast I think we both enjoy called Dumb and Awful. Um, Absolutely. Where I, I condensed down 12 of the most important works in socialist history into two uh, under two hours uh, in lieu i would say in lieu of trying in lieu of trying a few episodes of marks listen to this dumb and awful episode featuring marks uh, i think it's 58 is that right uh no you oh no idea we can link it in the show notes but it's uh it's a very very good preview for what marks is about yeah, it's a good yeah breakdown you can figure on out theory. which book you can figure out which books actually interest you before you spend um, um, a, a calendar day of your life listening to them. And maybe you're like me, and you're like, God, I hate books, but thank God I got the spark notes here. Yep. So, 
Uh, you can catch me on Blunder Phonics. I've got a 10-episode backlog of that right now. If you haven't heard it already, I would recommend it. They oh. only get better with each one. That's, uh, not, I th- that's not empirically true because, holy shit, that first episode was a banger. Um, <laughs> that first episode was a banger and a half. But, yeah, they get they they get good. There's the one where you murdered Daniel Johnson with your, uh, with your anger. That, I don't like to frame it like that, but, well, but that's, I don't know how that is what happened. It. Yeah, that is what you, happened. You um, murdered, it's a podcast that has murdered Johnson. an influential artist. It yeah. did murder an influential indie artist. Mm-hmm. You did. You so, did do that. Uh, yeah, go check. Please check that. It's Blunder Phonics. Uh, there, it's it's P H O N I C C. If you not type in X. Blunder and a P and you can't find it, you don't deserve it. You're you haven't you haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> uh, Nate, got anything else? Absolutely not. Let's do another one. Let's go into another one. All right. Bye. See you next week.